Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma's Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. All right, let's jump right into it, Jacob. We got some uh, got some news today. It's uh, it's Tuesday afternoon here that we're uh, that we're speaking to you, and we learned uh, uh, that at least one thing about Chuba Hubbard, and he will be playing in the Texas Bowl against Texas A and M on December twenty seventh. Chuba's back for one game at least. At least one game. one game. Um, it's good news for the Cowboys. It's yes, it very is. big news. Um. It, it doesn't surprise me that much. Yeah. You kind of get the sense that Chuba was going to finish this thing out. Right. Um, now, and I think, I don't know, I, I don't know if anyone asked him, but 2,000 yards might be important to him. Uh, I did hear him get asked about that. And in typical Chuba fashion, oh, of course. he laughed and said, I had totally forgotten about that. And sure it was, and it was, it was, it was purely <laughs> pretty genuine. genuine. Pretty genuine. It was purely genuine. Yeah. Um, the offensive line, I think, uh, yes. I think it's a big deal to them. Tevin talked. Tevin Jenkins talked about how big of a deal it was to them. Yeah. Today. Yeah. So I, um, I, I it, it felt genuine when uh, when I saw Chuba be asked being asked about two thousand yards. I don't really know that that uh, that that factored in for him. I think. Um, for one thing, I'm not I'm not entirely sold that he knows for sure what he wants to do. Yeah, right I think now. he's still going back and forth. Um, yeah, I think, and I, and I have not seen his projections, but someone was telling me around OSU that they've seen a lot of third to fifth round projections right. with him right now. Yeah, and I think that's kind of borderline for a guy like Chuba. Yeah, he could come back and really jump into the early second round, late first round. Yeah, you know, possibility if he came back another year, possibly, possibly, and, yeah, and that would like essentially triple your money right and yeah. so i mean that i i genuinely think that he does not have his mind made up yet on what he's going to do following the bowl game yeah and he was asked if he had received his uh nfl draft grade from uh from the organization with the nfl that does that for uh, for college players and he said he had not um i don't know if that's the case i thought those we're out by now for for guys, but it, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but uh, but he said that that will play a major factor in his decision based on what he's being told uh, about about where he could be uh, could be selected. So, um, you know, I don't know if I if I was thinking if I was here in third to fifth, I'd probably still be gone. Um, yeah, I just, I just it's running backs are, have have lost so much value. In the NFL now, that even in the third to fifth round, he could go in the third round and still be the third draft, third pick yes. taken, the third running back taken. Yes, so being a good spot, that's tough. and you know he he might end up. He, there's a shot he could end up with a good team. Yeah, exactly. In the third round, right? Um, uh, somebody mentioned somebody mentioned this. Somebody that was convinced that he was a first rounder uh, the other day said, uh, you know, the Chiefs picking at the end of the first round uh would be an ideal spot now I, I don't think i don't think he's a first rounder i yeah i do think he would be a fantastic fit in the kansas city chiefs offense oh yeah i that would be wild i still think jonathan taylor's your first rounder for running back probably 
probably so. Yeah, but um, maybe I don't know if a running back. I don't. Goes I, yeah, in the first I don't round, know that a, that a running back is necessarily going to go in the first round. It'll, you know, you know things will have to shake out with uh, with teams and see what needs are and and all those sorts of things. But um, but this obviously changes the dynamic. Uh, for this game for Oklahoma State because we were talking about it possibly being a a, uh, a, a you know the first big audition for LD Brown yeah in that uh, in that feature back role um, we'll see we'll see what happens and in, in what uh, what Oklahoma State decides to do with a guy like Des Jackson who we haven't seen in a while and uh, do they try to now that you've got Chuba do you try to work in these other guys a little mm-hmm. bit more in a uh, in a game that doesn't have as much meaning and, and those sorts of things so it's an interesting situation uh definitely an exciting one if you're sean gleason though i uh, i gotta think yeah yeah gleason was uh pretty happy you could tell that chuba was yeah. gonna play uh we actually got to talk to sean today and he talked about that he talked about both quarterbacks right he talked you know he 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 seems to have like the idea of having all his weapons other than tylen right now um yeah and it looks like that's going to be the case yeah and uh we'll get into uh into the quarterback situation in the next segment but um but yeah uh, play calling is very different when you've got chuba hubbard in the backfield as uh, as a threat even if you're not calling even if you're not giving him the ball him being back there changes the dynamic of uh, of everything you can do so uh, definitely an excited sean gleason and uh, and you would assume mike gundy and uh, and drew brown and spencer sanders and everybody else um you did you you did uh, you mentioned you talked to, Te- to tevin jenkins um what are his thoughts on uh, on kind of the uh, the game in general and, and the offensive line right now you know i think he's he likes the way um, OSU matched up against A&M's front. He said, he yeah. said, you know, it's a good good front, but I think I didn't ask him specifically. I know, and I can't say the kid's name from A&M that declared for the draft. They're defensive right. linemen, but uh, yeah. I think they're pretty, you know, like the idea that he's not playing because <laughs> right. um, apparently he's really good. Yeah. I have not seen A&M game this season, so I'm a little out of the loop on that. Well, a bit, and this but. is a really good run defense, too. They've been yes. giving up 129 yards a game on the ground. And that's with some really good opponents on the, on the other side. You know, the, the team that faced Clemson and uh, and Alabama and Auburn. And but so. I don't I don't think Tevin's really too worried at all because I mean, as we talked about, Tevin hasn't allowed the quarterback to be touched all year. Right. Um, exactly. And and Gleason pointed out to me about Tevin's uh, block in Oregon State where he's twenty five yards down the field blocking. <laughs> and, that's right. And how most offensive linemen can't do that. And so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think Tevin's worried about it at all. Yeah, no, I had forgot about that one. That was uh, that was a big time <laughs> yeah, play. That was big time. Keeping up with uh, with Tylen down the field there, if I remember right. So. Yeah. All right, I tell you what, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll talk some quarterback here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We don't really know exactly what to expect out of the quarterback position in the Texas Bowl from Oklahoma State, but uh, it sounds like both guys are uh, are going to be in the mix, certainly in the lead-up, and possibly even on game day, possibly. I just said possibly twice for no no reason at all. I mean, well, I think you got to emphasize possibly. Emphasize we have no idea what's going to happen. How possible this is. Um, we asked Drew Brown point blank how the you know reps are going and right. things like that in practice and he said that uh he isn't gonna say anything because he wasn't sure what he could say he didn't want to get in <laughs> yeah. trouble um 
and uh, I kind of wanted to be like, well, you have nothing to lose at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, right. You got one game left, so yeah. uh, um, you know, Gundy can get mad at you, right? So. Right. But uh, he didn't say anything. Um, he did say it was good to have Spencer back in practice. So Spencer is back. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know to what level. Uh, Sean kind of Sean Gleason kind of took the same company line with a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he even hinted maybe they're both going to play. Right. And yep. uh, so we're kind of uh, up in the air on this. Um, I think Drew's going to play for sure, and then I think they're just going to wait and see with Spencer. That's yeah. my guess. That I could, I could definitely see that it it felt that way a little bit. I mean, uh, we saw they announced the uh, the season captains, which are different than the than the game by game captains for for people that don't know. And I didn't know this until earlier this year when I finally asked Gundy so that I could actually understand how their captaincy works. They choose captains for each game based on the previous week of of game and practice guys that that uh that they thought were um you know especially committed and and played really well or whatever it might be guys who deserved a special honor get to be captain the next game then after the season is over the team votes for captains for to represent who are they consider their captains for the entire season and those guys are uh have their names put up on the wall in the uh, in the facility and and sort of uh memorialized in that way um and drew brown was voted one of the five season captains uh of this of this team and that uh, that says a lot about what this team thinks of him and it seemed like it meant a lot to him as well yeah he talked extensively about it he said he was a captain in hawaii um but it means a little bit more here because he hadn't been here as long right um and he hasn't played as much yeah and so to get to be able to be to have his peers like him that way um and respect him that way meant a lot to him uh sean gleason actually talked about it was it was funny. He said he started to notice these signs that his teammates really liked him throughout the year. He'd always go out with different groups of the team and they'd play some games to figure out who's going to pay for dinner and things <laughs> like that. And, uh, you know, he kind of got the sense that he was really good with his teammates and stuff and, and wasn't too surprised by it. He said, you know, not having a vote himself being a coach, he was really impressive to see guys vote for a player like that who, who has had an impact more behind the scenes than he has in a game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, other than mop-up duty, he's essentially played two and a half games this season. So, um, and really, you can count some of that Kansas as mop-up duty too. So, um, it's uh, it, it's a really impressive uh, impact that he's been able to have on uh, on his teammates and uh, and everyone around him. You can say a, a little bit of that about guys like a guy like Philip Redwine Bryant, who's also yes, uh, also one in of the there. captains. Yeah, a guy that's. A former walk-on that uh, uh, that has really been nothing but a special teams guy his entire career. So, um, really, uh, really impressive from uh, from both of those guys. But the, uh, the the back to the quarterback conversation. Obviously, a lot of this depends on what exactly Spencer Sanders is able to do as he uh, as he tries to uh, to to get comfortable with that uh, that surgically repaired thumb and how he can throw the how well he can throw the ball and all of those sorts of things how comfortable Oklahoma State feels putting him out there in, in a live game situation. So you've got to, uh, until you realize where you stand with those things, you've got to, um, you've got to go forward as, as if Drew Brown is your starting quarterback. So 
um, you know, uh, and I think that's uh, there's a, definitely a lot of comfort in that situation still for uh, for Oklahoma State, even though Drew Brown is apparently getting very lazy based on his uh, oh. his beard. Yeah, his beard, man. He's letting <laughs> that grow out. Someone asked if he's going to keep you know doing that to stay warm because he's from California and <laughs> Hawaii, obviously. So this is. This is a different climate for him, but uh, no, he said just being lazy. He said he's going to trim it up before he goes and sees his mom yeah. for the holidays yes, because the, the, uh, she's she, not going to like gonna it. going to be happy with so, that if, uh, if she sees it. So, so uh, um, But, you know, I mean, it's time to get lazy. It's the break now, right? right. He's just got to yeah, play yeah. football. And, exactly. Um, you know, I need to shave right now, too, so I can't release anything. Yeah. it's uh, I, I, got, I, got no, I got no issues with it. I'll say that. Um, but... Uh, going to be very interesting to see how Oklahoma State manages this this situation as they uh, as they go forward with with Sanders and Brown and um, you know you got to think about next year you got to think about uh, uh, about Drew Brown and his his final opportunity with this team that obviously uh, cares so much about him and he cares so much about them so it's uh, it's a I think it's a good situation to be in but it's an interesting one because uh, because Oklahoma State coaches got to figure out sort of how to manage it and, and how to um, be respectful of, of both of these guys who have meant so much to your to your team throughout the uh, throughout the course of the year so with that I'll ask you this and we'll discuss this I'm sure a million times before uh, before we get to uh, to the actual game itself who takes the first snap I think drew drew Brown he says I think so I can uh, see that I can see that um, that said I, I felt the same way about Oregon State. And uh, I thought that uh, the Drew Brown was going to take the first snap there, and then that Spencer Sanders would be the guy that uh, that, that ended up playing the most. Um, I was wildly wrong in that uh, in that <laughs> prediction. So who knows? I could uh, I could be off again. You never know. All right, I tell you what. Let's take a break. Come back and uh, and look ahead really quickly to signing day, which will uh, uh, obviously be uh, be here before a lot of people even get to listen to this. So we won't spend too much time on it, but uh, I do want to touch on some of the. Uh, some of the important factors and some of the players that uh, we're interested in uh, in seeing in this recruiting class. Coming right back, Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. A little bit of recruiting talk, and uh, and then we will wrap this up. A reminder that we will have our mailbag in our end of the week episode, so uh, so don't forget about that. We'll uh, we'll jump in and answer some of your questions, which uh, is always a good time. So find us on Twitter at Scott Wright OK at Jacob Unruh. Shoot us your questions. We love hearing from you guys and answering your questions. Now, with that said, uh, Oklahoma State, as uh, as of this very moment, uh, eighteen players committed in this class. A couple of guys that are uh, that are still lingering out there uh, that have not announced uh, their decisions yet, but have Oklahoma State uh, in the mix. Uh, but uh, but we'll stick to uh, to the guys that that are committed right now. Uh, like I said, we're taping this on Tuesday afternoon. Um, you know. By by the middle by mid morning by uh, by nine thirty tomorrow morning everything will be pretty much done yeah uh, so uh, so a lot of, not a lot of shelf life here so we'll talk about some of the guys that uh, that we fully expect to be uh, signed and uh, and and all set to go anybody that uh, that really sticks out to you as a really intriguing guy 
Um, let's start with kind of the obvious ones first, then we'll get to sort of off the beaten path type of guys. Uh, the uh, the the obvious guy to you that you're uh, that you're excited to see in this class. Um, I mean, I've already seen him play. Is Brendan Presley? All right. Yeah. I I am really high on Brendan Presley. Mm-hmm. Um, at Bixby, uh, he's not big. He's not going to wow you with his size. He's right. listed at five eight, but uh, he's dynamic. He's electric. Uh, get the ball in his hands. He's fast. Um, he runs routes really well. Uh, he he knows how to make big plays. And uh, he's a guy that I'm excited to kind of see. I don't know that we'll see him on the field next year. He's mm-hmm. probably going to. He's a good redshirt candidate. Yep. Um, especially when you've got Landon Wolfkin, Dylan Stoner both coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's a guy that is going to make an impact sooner than later. Yeah, yeah, I, I could absolutely see that. That's uh, that would be that will be interesting to see how they uh, how they choose to manage him. So um, I am going to go with. A defensive guy. I'm really interested, and this is uh, this is a uh, no. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to save that one because that's more of an off the beaten path guy. So so I'm gonna go with Shane Illingworth, the yeah. quarterback. Um, writing about him for Wednesday's paper, and very fascinated by this guy. Obviously a big big dude with a big arm, and sounds like a really smart guy. A lot of fun to talk to. Uh, even though after uh, after January eighth, we won't be able to talk to him again for a year and a half. Get used to uh, it now, I guess. No, yeah, it's... but uh, a guy with some some Oklahoma connections. Wild story. I uh, I ended up talking to his uncle who lives in Mustang, who has a son who goes to the same school as my son. Crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh, just one of those uh, one of those wild things that you it's a small uh, world. It really out. is. It it really is. Um, but so uh, so I'm I'm curious about this guy. Obviously with the timing. And uh, he's going to be redshirting most likely during. Um, I mean, unless he ends up being the number two guy, but they could still try to redshirt him. But uh, during Spencer Sanders' sophomore season, and then uh, then you know still have two more years possibly of Spencer Sanders with uh, with Illingworth there as well. So um, you know the timing is interesting for this situation. But uh, but a guy that I'm really curious about, I think, could be a a fun player to watch. Uh, once we get a chance to see him, which will be in the spring, he'll be here. Uh, he's enrolling in January. We'll be here for uh, for the spring um, showcase. I don't know what they're going to call it this year. Yeah. You never know. It's a practice. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. So we'll see. We'll see there. But uh, let's go off the beaten path. Uh, not uh, not so obvious guys that you're interested to see at this point. I think. I'm really intrigued by Rashad Owens, the, mm-hmm. the the latest commit. He committed late Monday night, uh, got offered last week. His uh, list is an athlete. He's from Roosevelt there in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched his highlight video that he posted, um, a lot of receiver clips, but he had a lot of running back yards yeah. too. And he looks built. I'll give him that. Right. I mean, oh, that's absolutely. the one thing I took from the video. Like, okay, he looks jacked. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued what he can do. It sounds right. like he's you know, he was you know not named by the San Antonio uh, Ex- News Express right that yep. uh, like their 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 male athlete of the year right yeah. last year as a junior mm-hmm. um, in the whole city area which I think is really impressive. So I think he's got the ability to come in and make an impact whether that's a running back receiver. I'm not entirely sure when he posted his offer last week. It was two pictures of Thailand and a picture of Boone Stadium, a Boone Pickens Stadium, yeah. and so. I, you know, and that makes me wonder if he's going to be a receiver, but he's not 
you know, it's it's hard to really tell right now. He could go either way. So I'm really intrigued just to kind of see what they're going to do with him. Yeah, it's very interesting because it's a guy who uh, you know listed on the uh, on the, the team roster at six two two hundred. Obviously, very athletic. He won the triple jump at the Texas State High School uh, track and field meet. With and uh, according to him. His distance was number three, ranked third in the nation among high school athletes. Yeah. I, it has receiver written all over it to me. It certainly sounds that way. So, um, very interesting. But he's one of those guys that his athletic ability, you get him on campus and you figure out where you can play him. Yeah. He can do a variety of things. So, um, the guy that I'm really curious about, and uh, and this is, this is a, a little bit of an odd one, Tyrant Irby. The junior okay. college uh, defensive end or uh, outside linebacker type guy. He's going to be in that in that Leo role of, of Trace Ford and Brock Martin, mm-hmm. kind of filling the the um, Mike Scott uh, uh, void now that uh, now that he has uh, is about to uh, conclude his eligibility. I think that's a guy that has uh, has some Trace Ford type of skills in type in terms of his speed. Uh, based on on what I've seen on film, and I think that uh, that as a JUCO guy, he's going to be able to come in and and make an impact right away. I don't know that he's going to be a, a you know fifty down a, or fifty game a fifty snap per game type of guy, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that he's a guy that can mix in there and and be an early impact type of player. So that's an interesting one. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with some uh, some other guys and who else they could possibly add in this uh in this recruiting class daniel and gotta being the uh the big fish out yeah. there obviously not announcing his decision until uh 2020 yes one two one two twenty one two twenty the under armor all-american game and uh some people threw out some theories about why he changed the date from december 21st to january 2nd uh, it was because he changed it, the the All American game that he was playing in. Yeah, yeah. He, there were no there was no other reason that he, was, that he changed it. There's no conspiracy he, theory here. No. It's he just wants to announce that the All American game he's exactly. playing in. Yeah, and, and so he switched from the uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame one uh, on December 21st to the Under Armour All American game on January 2nd, and that was uh, that was the basis for that decision. All right, so uh, we'll come back later this week, have a whole lot of recruiting talk in the next episode, and, and of course, the mailbag. So get back at us on uh, on all of that stuff so we can uh, dive into your questions as much as possible. We appreciate all of you listening to the Cowboy Chronicles, which is presented by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Podcast.